following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I dot com. Hi, I'm George Takei. A bill recently approved by a Tennessee Senate committee would prohibit teachers in that state from discussing homosexuality in the classroom. The so-called don't say gay law is premised on the misguided belief that by not talking about gay people, they can simply make us disappear. I'm here to tell Tennessee and all LGBT youth and teachers who would be affected by this law that I am here for you. In fact, I'm lending my name to the cause. Anytime you need to say the word gay, you can simply say Takei. For example, you could safely proclaim you are a supporter of Takei marriage. If you're in a more festive mood, you can march in a Takei pride parade. Even homophobic slurs don't seem as hurtful if someone says, That is so Takei. And around the holidays you can sing, Don we now are Takei apparel. Speaking of apparel, I've created a t-shirt. It's okay to be Takei. I hope you wear it proudly. We also have buttons, mouse pads, and mugs, all in time for Takei Pride Month. And all proceeds go to charity. Thank you. And as they say on the Flintstones, have a Takei old time. Oh, good. There you are. Let's get started. One day, somebody's going to have to make a stand. One day, somebody's going to have to say... I'm serious. All right. Uh, so, episode so 145. 145, the Are You Serious podcast. How's it going, Chris? Well, apparently uh, my girls came in here and jammed my, my mic volume all the way up, so nice. I corrected that. They oh, love, they love, they love counting all the different different buttons, like the orange tipped ones oh, and the cool. blue. and the Yeah, and then they grab all of the sliders. And move them everywhere. I'm surprised the show sounds the same from week to week. <laughs> uh, That's cool. So nice fucking weather we had today, huh? That was pretty good. Beautiful. I, was, beautiful I worked day. all day and I was inside. So. It was absolutely gorgeous. I will say when I Just walked out great. to the parking garage, because Charles runs underneath yeah. the, the parking garage, it was perfect. Yeah. It smelled like a perfect spring day. It wasn't humid. I like to call it a Ferris Bueller day. Yeah. You look out, see just, you know, little wisps of clouds. It was just abs like yep. like the weather did not play a role in my day. And that's how what I did wanted it was. What did it hit? Just about seventy, is that? Yeah, it was like yeah, up around seventy, a little bit more today. Should but, be about seventy two tomorrow. Yeah. That's good. But that's what I want. I don't want the weather to play a role in my day. Looks like every, every go day is, is gonna be in the mid to upper seventies except for Saturday when it'll be sixty nine. Which is still kind yeah. of awesome, and thunderstorms. Yeah, but those will roll through, no big. Yeah, 
So, but I'll take it, man. It was just absolutely just delightful. Yeah. Yeah. About time you had nothing to complain about with the weather. Well, you know, winter's coming. Give it a week. (laughs) No, but you will not hear me complain about the heat. I do. I could be sweating my balls off, and I'll be like, I "I don't care, because winter's coming, and that's enough to piss me off. I can't do with the humidity. I always have to have an air conditioner on. I don't mind it. So... I will take it any fucking day. Yeah. Stupid fucking winter can go fuck itself. <laughs> but um But weather is just not anybody's friend recently though, is it? No. Aside from here. Um No tornadoes, man, like crazy out tornadoes there. hate everybody, apparently. Yeah, it there sucks. was uh the other was it yesterday there was an F five over two hundred mile an hour winds. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say right off the bat, you know, the Red Cross is taking donations. So, And I think that the F5, I think that that's because you see that and you go, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're saying that um, the best thing to do if, if you have an F5 or a 4 coming at you is to get in your car and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like... Don't get in your bathtub. Don't put mattresses. Like, there are people that hid in their basements that died. Yeah. If you have, like, a clawfoot bathtub and you could flip it over and somehow nail it to the cement foundation <laughs> of your house, you might be safe. It's better to just try and drive away from it. Yeah. Although, I'm not saying that's what anybody should do. I just said that's what one person said. I'll joke about shit, but that's life-threatening at that point. Yeah, I, I, I offer no advice. On Fuck that. that! When I was in um, um, in high school for a little less than a, a year, I you're was, only in high school for a year. I know, huh? genius. I was in Florida <laughs> you're a for a while. I was in Florida, and um, they had a tornado warning, uh, and everybody thought it was funny. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that should tornado warning. You see what that shit did to Dorothy? I've seen, with her head for years. I mean, we we've had hurricanes up here, and we've seen what you know, yeah, moderate to uh, almost kind of bad hurricanes can do. I can't yeah. imagine if that's concentrated in like a 50-foot, you know, yeah. area. Hey, did you lose power last night in the thunderstorm? No. I did. No, I only saw one flash of lightning. I didn't even hear it. Really? No, yeah. we got a lot of lightning. And really? I'm editing. This is totally fucked up. I was editing <laughs> stuff, right? Of course. Julie was upstairs doing some work. Olivia was using the old laptop yeah and she was doing some work like schoolwork, and lights go out and i could hear from olivia's room in the attic oh come on because she hadn't saved in a couple minutes luckily uh, like with final cut with that though with that laptop though it doesn't have a battery to charge does it no because that laptop is yeah. so old so she just she did she lost everything that, i'm just clarifying for people that would be like um it should work yeah no 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 that <laughs> That doesn't work. No. So um, that laptop has to be plugged in all the time. Yeah. So um, that's all right. Yeah. She was really, really pissed. So, but our house was dark for like an hour. I've learned. I've learned sitting in here working on anything audio, writing something. Anytime I see a flash, it's Apple S. There we go. Oh, thank God. So yeah, I just um, and luckily I've got Final Cut set up to save every five minutes. So. Yeah. So I the most you would lose all. is like you know, couple four minutes, and a half couple minutes. Edits, yeah, yeah, a couple edits. But um, yeah, I didn't lose. I didn't lose much. Good. So, but um, but everybody else did. Everybody else did. So 
But yeah. um, no, while Julie was on her iPad, but the oh, only okay. thing that threw her off was that there was no Wi-Fi. Yeah. So um, it's amazing, though. You think about it; it's like how it was just you know how many years ago when we were in school when like if the lights go out, you just yeah, that's get it. a flashlight and continue doing your homework with your pencil. Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, I like a good thunderstorm. Oh yeah. And I'll be honest with you. Like I ended up helping Olivia for a little bit and I was thinking, you know what? I'm almost kind of glad because now I have an excuse to go to bed. Like to the point that like right now, the next thing I'm looking forward to is I cannot fucking wait to go to bed. Yeah. I cannot wait. That's been me since, since the car accident. I cannot wait to get, yeah, but it hurts. It hurts to, it's like such a, eh kind of story because yeah. it's like it's just you know he just fucked up some dude's day by you know actually he was fine he actually he didn't have to go to the hospital yeah. he wasn't hurt he filed his claim the same day yeah i know you're supposed to but i was still within 24 hours but so um, the whole police report that whole thing no what, what am i gonna say yeah you're supposed to file a police report really yeah oh maybe he did it you're supposed to do it anyway Within like two days or some shit like that. Oh, I, I, I've been in other accidents just and I've saying. never done it. Anyway, I'll just say it's I It's easy don't, for me. I live next door to the police I'll department. I'll say, hey, uh, I hit Joey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just say I didn't know. <laughs> and now we can't put this show out. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But I can probably do it right online. I just got to figure out what police department I got to go to, what city I was in. Pretty sure it was Boston and not. Cambridge. Yeah, that's Boston. Because I know that the museum is, is on the line between Cambridge and right. Boston, so I need to figure out at what point where I was. Um, so there's a there's a point uh, coming up next to the Zakem Bridge before you get to the Fleet Center, which just means absolutely nothing to a majority of the people listening. Um, it's a one-lane highway that loops around from the, the tunnel. TD Garden. No, it's not it's the Fleet Center. It's, the, it's, the, it's oh, the Garden. Did I call it the Fleet Center? You did. Holy shit. That was weird. Because I hate the word garden. It's the garden. We're gonna go see the Celtics. It's the the garden, garden kid. No, we're not. <laughs> They're fucking out of it. <sighs> Fuckers. Oh, they'll play again at some point. Yeah. Um. So it's one lane, and then you have the other lane coming from what is it, ninety three, that feeds up to it. Yeah. And there's a divider between the two. So in order for me to get to the exit, I, I have to cross over into the other lane, and I did that for a year. With no incident, I was like the fucking master of lane switching. I could fit in a space that was the size of my car. Yeah. So it's light traffic. I'm going in for for ten thirty. So like traffic's even lighter. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm less you know cautious or anything, but I'm sure everybody that that drives on highways and changes lanes know you you have to look you know ahead and determine you know. Is that guy going to maintain the speed? Right. You, you look ahead and you see how, you know, you look like nine cars ahead. You don't see any brake lights. You're like, there's no reason for anybody to stop. I can safely look over my shoulder for two seconds or even one second and see if I can change lanes. Well, nope. I did that. I had space. I turned the wheel. I was almost out of the fucking lane. And I accelerated <laughs> to, you know, because I yeah. like to accelerate into the lane I'm going into instead of slow down like a bunch of fucking morons I was yeah. behind today. And the the car in front of the guy that I hit stopped short for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. 
So he slowed to a stop because he had, you know, we all had the, the right amount of space. But if you're going 40 miles right, an hour. It's hard to stop. Even looking over your shoulder for, you know, one and a half seconds, you've gone, what, 100 feet? You do the math. I'm not going to do the math. I'm guessing. <laughs> but it's a considerable distance that your eyes are right. off the road. And I literally caught the edge of his bumper with the corner of mine. Yeah. Like six inches. And it would have been it would have been fine. So Ooh, I just I, I had um I had the the earbuds in yeah and I was I, I hands free yeah talking to my wife, um, which I consider hands free the same as somebody sitting next to you and you're talking to them. Oh yeah. Um. So it's no, hands free is legal. If yeah. You got, yeah. I wasn't distracted. I, yeah. Whatever, because I mean I do that all the time. Uh, sometimes when I forget the headphones, I'll put it on speaker and put it in the visor. Oh, yeah. Because you know, then it's still hands-free. Um, so she said it sounded like I had, I had slowed the car and my bag had slid off the seat uh, onto the floor. She said I didn't make a, uh, make a sound. Nothing. So, but I didn't black out. I didn't, there was nothing because yeah. she was on the phone with me. You I was, got a nice nasty bruise on your head. I do. I always wondered what it sounded like outside of a car accident to hear it. Because, you know, you hear it on TV yeah. and it's all crunches and shit. But it's more like a poof. Yeah. And that's it. I just spit all over myself to make nice. that noise. But Sexy. Um, in my head, I know I said, oh, shit. Hit him. And then I said, I, I hit somebody, I'll call you later. Yeah. And that, I think that was the last time I was um, that with it. Because you get the adrenaline of the, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I still, at weird times, will relive the, the smack yeah. in my head because it, it feels like the back end of the car came up off the ground and shit, you know. But we weren't going that fast. I haven't been in that many accidents. I'm surprised the airbag didn't deploy. So am I. Although that probably would have been worse because I yeah had, because then you can't drive it. Well, I had my arm across me, yeah. across the wheel because I was turning. Yeah, that would have hit you in the face. It, it would have hit me in the face. My glasses would have broke. Right. Uh, I would have cut my face up. It would have been a lot worse. The um, safety feature. I have never been in a car where the airbag's gone off, and oh, I've been, I have. I've been in a front end collision. I had my with hand a truck. Like on the top of the wheel, like twelve o'clock, yeah. and the the airbag deployed. Oh yeah, and it sort of scraped up my arm, yeah. like underneath. I'm like, sure, it pushed my, it all like the way up forearm to the, to the roof too. So it just like, uh, you know, just kind of right under it to cut all this up, uh, and it was it looked worse than it yeah than it felt. Hmm. So, but it never like I never felt in my chest that you know because I had the seatbelt on and stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so, but you so, lived. Yeah, so I went forward and my head hit the sun visor and basically stopped my body. My neck bent backwards. I think I expanded my um, my chest when I did it yeah. because it felt like I took the steering wheel in the chest, but there's no way I could have reached it. Yeah, I, I don't see how I could have bent that far. My back's a little sore, whatever. But I, I, I put my hand in my head. And I look, and there's no blood. And I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of skin left over on the yeah. visor. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of gross. I'll take care of that later. <laughs> Move the cars over. Because, you know, you hit somebody, and oh, hey, guess what? Everybody starts honking because oh, they're yeah. all fucking douchebags. Oh, yeah. And you're, you know, if it would have been a different time, yeah. you, know, you know, when they're doing traffic, then you're, you know, you end up being on the radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, a little yeah. thunderbender near the Zakem Bridge. Yep. Yep. So. 
So I've been that guy right before the tolls at the Tobin Bridge. Oh, really? I got rear-ended and I went into the person in front of me. So At that point, is it your fault you hit the guy in front of you or is it the guy behind it's you? It's the guy behind me. Okay, yeah. I never knew yeah. how that worked. So so let me tell you about the guy. Yeah. So I sit there and I, I, I hang up the phone and I, I'm I'm okay for a second when I, when I tell her that I'm all right and I'll call her back. And then I get this wave of, ugh. Yeah. Now it's a total hassle. I feel my 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 head, so I look at my head in the in the thing, and like the other head-on collision that I had, where I bit through my lip, I like had to check my teeth yeah. because they all felt loose at that point. Uh, no blood, nothing's broken, everything works. I can I can move. I get out of the car. Now I have my tattoos and stuff, and I'm six yeah. five and almost three hundred pounds, right? And the guy doesn't get out of his car. <laughs> Right, and I'm rubbing my head, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit!" I look at the, I look at my car. I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Right, and I'm just not even thinking that I'm, I might be scaring this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and and he sticks his head out. I'm like, "You okay?" Because that's the only thing I ever learned is you always ask, make sure if right. the other person's okay. And he was fine. I just bumped him. Yeah. And he said, "How about you?" I said, "I'm all right, I guess." So we exchanged information and. He said, no, I just got the bumper replaced on that like two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Sorry. He's like, no, the guy in front of me slowed down too fast, stopped short, and I had to stop. I'm like, I was trying to change lanes to get away from you. <laughs> He's like, you know what? The only thing that matters are the people. He says, if you're okay, it's just a car. They can be fixed. I'm like, yeah. Hippie. Especially since you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. But whatever, you know, 23 years of driving, and this is the first accident I've been at fault for. So I'll take that. That's a good driving record. That yeah, almost definitely. averages out to still no accidents have been my fault. The that ratio, I think, at this point is 6 to 1. Yeah. So that's a good ratio, I think. Only one I ever sued a guy for. That's the one that gave me this horrible, uh, disfiguring Harrison Ford scar. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so the next morning I have uh, my phone set up through uh, Comcast to um, show me who's calling the house. All right, so just so I have an idea. Yeah, you know. And I see that it says insurance. I'm like, all right, well, I can't answer that. And then two minutes later, insurance. Two minutes later, insurance. And that's just the name that comes up. I'm like, all right. Oh, because I went to the emergency room right. because. Um, which was this, this is going to go on a lot longer than I expected it to. <laughs> so I go to work and I punch in and I tell my boss what happened. He says, are you okay? I'm like, nothing's broken. I'm a little dazed. I said, it could be the adrenaline from the accident. I, I might be coming down from it. We had one of the most complicated shows, buyout shows to do because they wanted, they wanted their own slideshow. Um, to be able to be controlled from an area that we didn't know we could control it from. Yeah. But we found out that we could, which was good. Um, they wanted a spot. They wanted the house lights to come off and on at certain points. They wanted a specific section of a movie oh, played. Needy bitches. They, you know, they, they didn't know, so they just asked for what they wanted. They wanted specific music. It took two of us in the booth, two in the theater, an IT guy and two people from events to run this whole thing. (laughs) 
So, of course, this is the thing we've been building up to, you know, run the movie. Can we stop it here? Can right. we do this? Can we separate sections by 30 minutes before we actually run it? Stuff like that. And um, they're like, you you need to go home. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going home until this thing's done. And I know it's done. Oh, excuse me. I don't know why I got so tired off. Because I was already there. Yeah, you may as well just. But I also said, I'm going to do this. This is this is important. This is yeah. This has to be done. There wasn't anything terribly wrong with me, aside from the fact that I was just crumpled up in the car. Yeah. But I did it, and then when I got out, I, I left immediately after. I was supposed to um, do the rest of the day, and the other guy was supposed to go home. But he said, you know, I'll stay. Like, Thanks. <laughs> Didn't matter, because I was in the emergency room for almost five hours. Ugh. I had a CAT scan done. What hospitals did you go to? I went to Leahy, right over there, because I didn't want to go to Boston and have them like admit me or or tell me I can't drive or something, and then yeah. I'm stuck. So Ellen drove me, which Ellen only drives in extreme circumstances. <laughs> it's just one of those those little things that we both agree on, that the guy should drive. <laughs> I don't know. So... <sighs> Um, the CAT scan took literally a minute because it was like this super new machine. Um, it took longer to walk to the CAT scan and back actually yeah. than it did to have it done. But they looked, I I didn't have a concussion, which surprised me honestly, because yeah. I felt sick. I was a little bit dizzy. I had all the signs of a very light concussion, but I didn't. So that was good. So, 9 o'clock at night, I get to go home, then I had to work the next day. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> but I, I took the shift from somebody else, so I can't give it back at the last second. Right. You know? So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well. I don't know. That story kind of just fizzled out. <laughs> well, but car accidents suck. Fine. Yeah. And I've been wearing my seatbelt every day now. Oh, the, on the plus side, there's nothing wrong with my brain. So that's actually good to know because I used to get horrible, horrible migraines when yeah. I was little. Like I'd throw up and stuff from them. And then every now and then I get one that's so bad, like I'll take aspirin or something and I will throw it all up. Nice. But I don't have any tumors. So take that. <laughs> tumors? Yeah. <sighs> so whatever. All right. Uh, what have you seen lately? I haven't watched any movies. So the inside of my room there. Yeah, I guess. For two hours. Glee is... You know, the emergency room is an amazing cross-section of people. Yes, it is. That's all I'm really going to (laughs) say. It took everything I had, because I'm dazed. I have an excuse anyway. I was just so totally out of it. I almost started talking out loud when, um, when I heard people saying stuff. I just... Like they kept showing, like, uh, oh look, Obama's limo um, gets stuck at the Irish embassy, and there was one guy that just kept muttering stuff. I'm like, oh dude, please just say it out loud. Come on. I was watching. Uh, I saw a little bit of Saturday Night Live, and that was a good one. It was a well, no, I actually I watched the one a couple of weeks ago with Tina Fey. It was like oh. just after I've been lied and been killed. That one was okay. And uh, Seth Myers was. Uh, 
yeah. talking about oh, people thinking that Bin Laden wasn't really Bin Laden who yeah. was killed, blah, blah, blah. It's just like it's the first time in American history that a black man has had to prove he did kill someone. Yeah. That was pretty funny. It had some good zingers. The episode I thought was pretty good overall. It, yeah. It had some, yeah. The um, Justin Timberlake one, I think they they had two game show skits. Yeah. I thought I think that was a mistake. <laughs> Although he's funny. He's a funny guy. He is really funny. Good for him. Yeah. Lady Gaga came out and did some um, some of the skits as well. Oh, yeah. I yeah. He, all I wanted to see was Timberlake dressed up like the cup again or whatever. Yeah. He was dressed up like a beer bottle and he's saying, uh, bring it on down to Liquorville. So that was that was okay, and she was dressed up as a wine bottle, sort of. Uh, like she had a big just, cork on her I head. I just can't stand her. Yeah, I know. You're uh, a crotchety old fuck. Speaking about music, that's driving me nuts. Glee needs to just fucking be over. It is. It is. The season's done. Yeah, well, no, I'm talking about forever. You know what? The season finale was exactly the same as the season finale from episode from the first season. It was just in New York. It's ridiculous. They were, they it were is so. The very end of it was kind of like a what the fuck moment. The one with Sue's sister. Um, I, th- I think that was dying. One, of, one of the better ones of the season. But the thing is, though, it just it was just so out of character. Like, so now if Sue is not going to be mean to them anymore, yeah. her character is completely ballless and oh, yeah. and totally uninteresting. And pointless, and she wasn't even. I don't think she was in the New York episode. So like just at the beginning of the end. And Terry, the ex-wife, moving away. I think that's fine. Yeah, get it. She serves you know? no purpose. But it's just like I'm just so tired of the preachiness of the show. Quite it frankly, totally lost what it was going for. It it doesn't have a. Um, it's a stupid a fucking melodrama line. now. Well, it was from the beginning, and and it's just. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't so melodramatic. The first few episodes of the oh, first it was. Season. It was. I don't think it was. with the relationships and the teen pregnancy and the gay. No, characters. that was that. But that was that was later in first season. I'm talking like early, early first, like first three episodes. It was whimsical. Yeah, but and it was every just show is different in the first three absurd. to four episodes. And yeah, and it's just I liked it better then yeah. when it was a little weird and quirky. I think it's. I think that Glee suffered from what I really was hoping that um community and modern family was going to avoid the whole look how funny we are yeah and then you up the ante like i just watched the season finale of modern family tonight yeah and don't ruin it no no i'm gonna the 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 tone the absurdity of it was less than last season's with yeah. the, with the family photo okay but it was they they were still the same characters yeah. and it all worked yeah Glee, I think, just takes it to a level uh, that's because it wants to educate us. And fuck you, I don't want to be educated. I wanna, don't wanna you want to educate it. me? Have the Jewish girl not sing a Barbara Streisand no song? No shit. You cannot be a hypocritical show if you're trying oh, to get people so to accept. Annoying. It's so annoying. Accept people. I don't. So I don't even think I'm going to watch it next season. I might be done with it. I will. Just because there's nothing on on Tuesdays, and I do like some of the the way that some of the times well, how they arrange I don't even the music watch and stuff. stuff when it airs, so it yeah. doesn't matter when it's on. So, but I don't know. I mean, do you want to know how this last one ends? No, I'll watch it just right. to finish. Quinn it looks out. really good with her new haircut, though. 
That's that's actually worth watching the the last fifteen minutes for that. Um, right now, my she, favorite character is Santana. She could be a big, like, movie actress. I can see her yeah. sliding into that role. I can't see anybody on that show doing anything on the big screen. Well, what's her face? There's already been in a movie. Who? Uh, Quinn. What? I am number four. I think. Oh, big fucking deal. But no, yeah, that's a start. That's fine. Whatever. So. So anyway, um, what else did I watch? <laughs> Parks and Recreation, I thought was fun. Yeah, I like that. Like that a lot. The um, the season finale where they want her to run for something. They maybe didn't mayor. say, did they? They were saying maybe mayor. They were toying with that idea, right? Because mayor. he's on his way out, isn't he? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. The the mayor's on his right. way out. The, the mayor that we've never met. So that'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. And um, they're still Ben and her still keeping the relationship secret. Yeah. And that was the big thing. It's yeah. like, do you have any skeletons that anything anybody right. can dig for? I don't think that's such a bad. I don't think thing. that's such a bad thing. It's only because you know Rob Lowe's got a rule. It's yeah, it's his rule. It's not. It's not a city policy. Right. Or does she have other stuff? I mean, she married the two penguins. Yeah. What do you think of the office? That was all right. You know, I thought that the whole job interview thing was really funny. I thought they had some nice little cameos in there. Yeah. Like yeah. the James Spader one was fucking awesome. He was great. <clears throat> I, I think it's interesting because for for me and probably for you, because we've interviewed people yeah. that say crazy shit that think they're really fucking smart. Yeah. James Spader was basically a TV version of Tom Cruise from Magnolia. That's, <laughs> and honestly, I've only ever seen a couple clips of him in Magnolia. But yeah. that's like you put the little the little mic on him, and he was just a motivational oh, speaker. He was great. He was just like talking business nonsense. But I'll tell you, I really hope that because something that makes more and more sense to me the more I think about it, and the more I see mm. what they did in that episode is Ricky Gervais has to come in. No, they won't bring him in. He totally fucked the interview with that with that video. I don't know. It's going to be if it's going to be anybody outside of the main cast. Yeah. It'll be Catherine Tate. Because you think? they showed her again and that's Joe's friend. Yeah, but it was Joe's friend and Joe didn't really didn't seem to be all that into the idea. No, but none of like the other ones. Like she was doing it as a courtesy. But none of the other ones were any good. And so. you cannot promote anybody else in the right. office. So it'll be interesting. It'll keep us on our toes. Unless they promote Daryl, but then that's not funny. No. Catherine Tate as a new age, um, like magnet school kind of boss where yeah. you try different things. Like, oh, well, I got an alligator in spelling. You know, for like from Arrested Development, it's like that. That could be okay, and then yeah. that you know, for one season, her Zen Buddhist idea for the office doesn't work. So then she goes like more cubicles, like she said, you know. But I don't think anybody here really knows her outside of people that watch like Doctor Who. Yeah. So I think she could work for mainstream audiences because she is a comedic actress. Yeah. So or they just bring in someone that they didn't interview. That's true. That's yeah. true. And I really Charlie wish Charlie Sheen is free. Fuck that. I no. Ashton Kutcher. He's only signed for time. a year, apparently. Yeah, on the show. I don't think the show will last more than a year. Yeah, so don't don't pay him an extra year salary yeah. if you don't have to. 
Um, I mean, it won't go beyond a year unless he's really, really good. Yeah, or the the so yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what the storyline would be. Right, that would have to really work. Really, really hit it out of the park. I really wish that they hadn't have shown Jim Carrey. Um, I didn't say Drew Carey. He, I said Jim he seemed Carrey. really out of place. No, not no. I don't mean show him in the episode, but show him in the previews because yeah. paying off as he's the Finger Lake guy. Yeah. That's pretty funny. It would have been even funnier if you didn't know he was right. there. But it was like he was—he seemed really out of place, you know. Well, because it's Jim Carrey, exactly. I mean, Ray Romano—he worked. Yeah, he was he's fine. Done TV. James Spader looks different Fat. enough <laughs> that, like, it's like okay, he looks a little bit familiar. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, so, that worked out all right. Oh, my God. Why am I so tired? Andy's not going to... They cannot promote Andy. Although, if no, he's a terrible no, salesman, he could be a great manager. Nah, you never nah, know. I no, I don't think anybody will. Because they'll waste so much time on resentment and oh, yeah. other bullshit. So. Oh, yeah. One of the things was, well, why didn't Pam go for it? Well, why would she? Yeah. First, what's she going to do? Be her husband's boss when she, you know she was a secretary? She's going to go right. from from secretary yeah, no, she doesn't to, have that kind of experience to branch manager in two seasons. That's right. nobody does that, right? So no, that wouldn't happen. Although Dwight would have a lot of respect for her and listen to her if if no, I don't think he did. would. No, he, th- Dwight would. You don't I remember don't how much she helped him over the series? Yeah, I know, but I don't think it would make a difference he would resent it so much well no he no only if he was chosen over her he fired a gun i know the owner of the company said you will never get this branch so that's that's out of his hands yeah. so whoever gets it he's he's made the mistake on his own he did he wasn't outmaneuvered for the job yeah so i can't know. think of anything else everything else is pretty much done yeah, we just got to wait for stuff to start up in the summer. Um, Big Bang. With, yeah, we did um, that already. No, with Raj moving in with um, oh. Sheldon. Oh, well, temporarily. Temporarily. I thought that was pretty, it was okay. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Yeah, it was. You think, uh, so how did it, how did the season end? What did, what with, did Penny end up doing? With Penny slept with Raj. Oh, yeah. Um, Wallowitz was feeling bad because his wife's going to make crazy dough. Yeah. and Which um, I don't see why anybody would have a problem. Is, is that a thing? Is that yeah. a guy thing? So for some people, it is. Really? It's not for me. My wife made more money than me. I would be happy we had more money. Yeah. Um, what else? Hey, and- can I tell you a funny story? I'm playing... Um, words with friends why don't you just play scrabble well i don't know so i'm playing words with friends back to killjoy and this girl that i knew from high school because you know it's out there um she wants to set up a game i'm like okay we were kind of friends we never dated or anything like that but we're kind of friends so she i and i feel like a dick saying no to anybody because (laughs) it's like oh you took the time to ask me so i'll play it's a game the letters I got and the space that I would have put it in probably would have given me about 80 points for the word. But for some reason, I just could not bring myself to put labias. Why? 
because I haven't talked to this girl since elementary school. Oh, so what? So I put the word noble. Uh, <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Noble labias. If it was, if it was, um, if it was, if it was anybody else, I probably would have done it. But I just I say I, fuck it. Go for the win every time. Go for the points. Yeah. Well, I sent the word and she hasn't responded back yet. So I played. I play, I've played Fozzie. Yeah, uh, I think he's beat me in two games now, or he soon will have be, been beating me in two games. Why this am I so tired? I don't know, because you're a pussy? I probably. <laughs> All right, why don't we do a break? Take a nap. <laughs> and we'll come back. All right. So this song will probably put you to sleep, though. Podcasts that aren't Cinerama? Are you tired of hearing podcasters with voices like mine when they could have a cool accent instead? Are you tired of your current penis size? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and if you're anything like me, there's virtually no limit to the amount of Cinerama you'd like to listen to if you could, and positively no limit to the amount of penis you could be packing if you could either. Well, you're in luck, because not only has Cinerama returned bigger and better than ever, but so will your penis. In fact, men and women will see a 2 to 4 inch increase in their penis size just after 5 episodes guaranteed. That's right, folks. Cinerama is back. It's leaner. It's meaner. It's more focused. It's more coherent. And it will give you more girth. Cinerama is guaranteed to make your life better. And if you don't believe Reverend Scott, then fuck you. Cinerama is available on iTunes or cinerama.podomatic.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in GleeCast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to download the internet's best, or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me. Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily. Uh, Emily and Erica. Who am I? I just don't know anymore. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to GleeCast following every new episode of Glee. Plus, our sporadic bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates musical theater or sweet dance moves going to ask you to smell your armpits the right or the left that's the smell of failure failure smells like dove mine has a pleasant lady speed stick scent kind of makes me think of candy canes your resentment is delicious visit gleecast.podomatic.com or search for us in the itunes store that's gleecast with a k part of the palaver.com family that's p-a-l-a-v-r.com boy the only thing missing from this place is a couple dozen bodies limed and rotting in shallow graves under the floorboards we're working on that 
Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time though. I mean, I must. This is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Duran Duran for you there from uh, the mid nineties. Yay! So, um, I got a whole shitload of stuff here. Let me see. Sex survey. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, bunch of this stuff we're gonna skip. Oh, hey, the world didn't end the other day. I know. Isn't that awesome? I know. Let's see what Harold Camping had to say about that. No, no, no interviews. No interviews. Hey, yeah. Give me a day. No, no interviews at all today. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is a, a big deal. Big deal, and I've got to live. I've got to think it out. And so, no interviews. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no interviews. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. So let's move on to Doomsday Prophet followers flabbergasted world didn't end. Really? Me too. Really? Really, people? I mean, really? I heard there was a guy who had uh, this this business where he was promising to take care of people's pets yeah afterwards and making a bunch of money yeah oh speak speaking of which let's um we we got this voicemail here from from zeke um and i think it fits this section more than it will the feedback section hey chris and frank zeke 
It is 5.51 on Saturday, West Coast time, and uh, if you are hearing this, then I guess the world didn't end. And my question is, is could the class action lawsuit be put uh, against these fuckers that have been, you know, posting all these billboards and stuff? Like, what if, like, you know, you're driving down the street, and you got your kid, and your kid knows how to read? You know, I don't know. He's like Frank's kid, who's a fucking savant or something. Um, yeah. And uh, and 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 he reads that, and then he asks, you know, what, um, you know, what, uh, what, uh, uh, what does that mean? And then you got to explain it to him. Or, or people that like read that and generally get freaked out. I mean, what about the mental duress that these fuckers cause on people posting shit like this, driving down the freeway with billboards? What good is it? What is their agenda? It's a bunch of fucking nonsense, and I think they should be sued. So um, if there's any lawyers listening to Are You Serious, is this possible? <laughs> could we do it? Could the Are You Serious podcast people, listeners, group together and, and do this? I think that would be fun. All right. Uh, have a good week. I guess it would... if the world doesn't end in T minus eight minutes. <laughs> I guess you'd have to like, what kind of damage? You'd have to prove it, right? The, yeah. Honestly, I think with what this guy said, in all seriousness, because a man killed himself in Nairobi because yeah. he was so freaked out about uh, this. He deserved it. I honestly would put forth that Harold Camping should be considered an international terrorist because he spread fear and people died because of it. That's interesting. It's a little stretch. It, how much of a stretch, though? <laughs> Just, Just a, a crazy old fool. There was a mother who wrapped her children in blankets, slit their wrists and their throats, and then tried to kill herself. They all survived. Like, God, why didn't you, she just kill herself first? Can you imagine next Thanksgiving, though? I know, huh? I don't want to use the knife, thank you. How do you, how do you create an atheist? Try, like try to kill him in the name of God? Yeah. I don't know, maybe? Fucking half-wits. Okay, so... If I don't fuck up my chair here. Uh, it's hard to feel bad for someone whose doomsday predictions cause so much anxiety, but 89-year-old Harold Camping's recent admission that he's flabbergasted the world didn't end last weekend sounds somewhat pitiful. It has been a really tough weekend, Camping said Sunday after emerging from his Alameda, California home for the first... That's where the nuclear vessels were in Star Trek Four. This is true. Um... Across the bay in Alameda. Um, uh, for the first time, I reported the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm looking for answers, but now I have nothing else to say, he said. Oh, he did the math wrong. Right? Adding that he would October. make a full statement today. Camping's PR aide, Tom Evans, told the LA Times that the group is disappointed that 200 million true believers weren't lifted up to heaven on Saturday. Now, uh, it's my understanding that the rapture would only take like 144,000 people. Inflation. Oh, okay. Because of the economy. Um, yeah. While everyone else suffered and eventually died as a series of earthquakes and famine destroyed the earth. You can imagine we're pretty disappointed, but the word of God is still true, Evans said. We obviously went too far, and that's something we need to learn from. The group posted 2,000 billboards around the country warning of the rapture while camping. An uncertified fundamentalist minister spread the word on his radio show. Camping's Family Radio, which airs on 66 U.S. stations, has apparently rebranded itself quickly. Business Insider notes that... That's the name of, a, of a, an actual like thing, Business Insider. 
notes that the station's website has scrubbed all mention of Judgment Day. The site previously featured a countdown clock to the May 21st rapture on its homepage, and that stayed up all weekend, by yeah. the way. Um, ah, oh, fuck. The fuck was that? Ah, oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't um, <laughs> select the right thing. I do that every Jesus now and then. Jesus Christ, it woke me up. Good. I'll, I won't do it again, though. Oh, my God. Um, let's see. But the false prediction might not be so easily uh, effaced from the lives of camping's followers. The LA Times writes that Keith Bauer, a 38-year-old tractor-trailer driver, took a road trip with his family to see the Grand Canyon before the world ended. Here's a quote. With maxed out credit cards and a growing mountain of bills, he said the rapture would have been a relief, the paper writes. But Bauer is not angry at camping for his false predictions. Worst case scenario for me, I got to see the country, he told the paper. If I should be angry at anybody, it should be me. Robert Fitzpatrick, who spent $140,000 of his life savings... That's $140,000 of his own money. When you do a, you go with Charlie Sheen and do a whole lot of hookers and cocaine. To advertise the rapture in New York. Um, said he was dumbfounded when life went on as usual Saturday. I do not understand why, he told Reuters while awaiting the event in Times Square. I do not understand why nothing has happened. Maybe he, he could come and sit in my living room and I could explain it to him in about an hour. Five minutes, because there ain't no God taking the fucking world. An NPR reporter talked to two camping followers on Sunday. One man, his voice quavering, said he was still holding out hope that they were one day off. Another believer asserted that their prayers worked. God delayed judgment so that more people could be saved, but the end is, quote, imminent. Evans, camping's PR aide told NPR he hopes Family Radio will reimburse followers who spent their savings in anticipation of the rapture, but that he can't guarantee it. Protesters gathered outside Camping's radio headquarters to mock the false prophecy over the weekend. Some of them set aloft a toy cow with balloons to lampoon the idea that a select elite would ascend to heaven. I wonder if it was a golden cow. That's funny. Meanwhile, other religious groups tried to discredit, uh, tried to recruit disappointed camping followers. And then there's the video. Um, oh, there's a correction. This is the the article originally misstated the number of believers camping predicted was said to happen, so it must have been corrected by the time we read read it here. Uh, so, yeah, somebody on Facebook wrote they're making. Rapture jokes like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, let's see. Did I have any more stuff here? I don't want to. Oh, here we go. I knew I had it. Let's listen to this dumbass. Well, a horrifying story out of the Antelope Valley. Cheryl Gatuiza has more about a mother that tried to kill her two children, actually Ugh. did kill her, tried to kill her two children, and then herself. This is how neighbors and friends know Lynn Benedetto, a loving, caring, stay-at-home mom. But this is how sheriff's deputies know her. She's now behind bars for trying to kill her 11- and 14-year-old daughters, then herself. 
Very, very nice people. This is very uh, out of left field for us. Abel Fernandez lives across the street from the Benedetto family. Friday night around 5.30, he saw a swarm of deputies surround his neighborhood in the 41,000 block of River Rock Lane. Officers, gun drawn, about eight police cars and a helicopter. When they seemed to be going through the house and they were, they were here most of the evening. There was a note and there was a lot of blood in the house. Detectives say the 47-year-old mom thought the world was coming to an end. And with recent events in Japan and the turmoil in the Middle East, Benedetto didn't want her daughters to go through it. So she took a box cutter and paring knife, slit her daughter's throats and wrists, then did the same thing to herself. You can see her wounds in her mugshot. Detectives say Benedetto drove her daughters and herself to this home in Lancaster. It's a friend's house. She opened up the garage, wrapped her daughters in some blankets. This is where all three of them were going to die. But detectives say her plans were spoiled when her friend showed up to the home unexpectedly early. He immediately called 911. There was two ambulances that showed up basically simultaneously. I just heard that one of the sheriff uh, sergeants tell the ambulance driver that there was one in the house and one outside. The first one that came out appeared to be probably the older of the two, and she had bandages on the side of her neck. And in the second one, I really couldn't see any bandages. The girls were treated at a local hospital. Late tonight, we spoke with Andrew Benedetto, father and husband. He says the girls are doing okay. They have a lot of support from family and friends. In the meantime, their mother remains behind bars on $1 million bail. Cheryl Gatwiza, KTLA 5 News. They should just give her another box cutter and let her do it right. Yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't want to tell you this earlier, but the wound on my head is from headbutting all these idiots. <laughs> so um, this is from uh, PZ Myers' um, blog. He's a biologist and associate professor at the University of Minnesota, Morris. Um, he's got links to the man who committed suicide in Nairobi. Um, there's a family that was uh, torn by parents, uh, uh, torn apart. The parents gave everything to camping the mother said one of the daughters would be left behind because she's a whore and then uh mr myers here says that he wants to see harold camping prosecuted for bilking people out of their money for destroying lives and families and he wants to see his radio empire dismantled and the people who promoted his lies disgraced and shamed but he knows it won't happen they spent through uh swaps and donations and money and and all this stuff they uh spent uh, rumored close to a hundred million dollars promoting um the false non-skynet judgment day that's craziness can you imagine the good that could have been done with a hundred million dollars in the hands of a supposedly yeah. caring church group there there wouldn't be that you could have an entire coast of the country without homeless people starving yep. Crazy fuckers. Uh, this says the Haddad children of Middleton, Maryland, have a lot on their minds, school projects, SATs, weekend parties, and parents who believe the earth will begin to self-destruct tomorrow. This was written on May 20th. Oh, that's really creepy. Um, I just uh, just got to stop for a second. I don't like how the internet can tailor ads to my specific needs. Oh, yeah. The ad on the side uh, of, this, of this page is 5% off replacement DLP lamps. <laughs> Fuck you, Internet. <clears throat> uh, let's see. The three teens have been struggling to make sense of their world, which started changing nearly two years ago when their mother, Abby Haddad Carson, left her job as a nurse to, quote, sound the trumpet on mission trips with her husband, Robert. 
they stopped working on their house and saving for college. Last weekend, they dragged their children through a Manhattan street fair in a final effort to spread the word. My mom has told me directly that I'm not going to get into heaven, said Grace Haddad, 16. At first, it was really upsetting, but it's what she honestly believes. Thousands of people have spent the past few days saying final goodbyes before tomorrow, Judgment Day, when they expect to be absorbed into heaven in a process known as the rapture. Non-believers, they hold, will be left behind to perish. Followers are typically viewed as harmless proselytizers, but their convictions have frequently created the most tension within their own families. I find this part of it absolutely amazing. Keno Douglas, 31, an agnostic, said it was agnostic, lazy man's atheist. Sorry, that's a, that's a community quote for anybody yeah. that doesn't watch the show. Uh, said it was hard to be with his sister, Stacy, 33, who, quote, doesn't want to talk about anything else. The Douglas siblings live near each other in Brooklyn, and Douglas said he could not wait until Sunday. I'm going to show up at her house so we can have that conversation that's been years coming. Stacy Douglas, and it's going to start like this. How you like me now, bitch? Stacy Douglas and other believers subscribe to the philosophy of Harold Camping, a self-taught biblical scholar whose doomsday scenario broadcast on his family radio network predicts a May 21st, 2011 judgment day. On that day, blah, 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 we know all that stuff. Uh, non-believers will endure five months of torment before the planet's total destruction in October. In 1994, Camping said the rapture would probably be that year, but he now says newer evidence makes the prophecy for this year certain. But the Haddad children worry about money for college. I don't really have any motivation to try to figure out what I want to do, said Joseph Haddad 14, because my main support line, my parents, don't care. No 14-year-old should ever have to say that. I know, huh? I have mixed feelings, said his mother, Haddad Carson. I'm very excited about the Lord's return, but I'm fearful that my children might get left behind. The children, however, have found something to giggle over. She'll yeah. say... You they need were playing to, Xbox. She'll say, you need to clean up your room, and Grace, says, Grace said, and I'll say, Mom, it doesn't matter if the world's going to end. Good for them. At least they got a sense of humor about well, the fact that they have to because their mother's fucking nuts. Um, and the father too, apparently. I mean, people. At what point can you contact social services and say, "My parents are um, delusional, and I need help." There was one other one. Oh yeah, so he's changed his prediction. Uh, camping has, yeah, um, just around the whole thing out. Let me just call this. Isn't this it going to be October 21st? Well, see, he, he hedged his own bets. He had his own um, He had his own thing going there, his own. Um, we'll be going to hell, but the actual handbasket is a little tougher. <laughs> the, the dark yeah. side clouds everything. Yeah, doesn't it? Um, no, he had his own Pascal's wager where it's like, oh, if it doesn't happen now, it, it'll happen on October 21st, Harold Camping's new doomsday date, October 21st. Despite his failed prediction that the end of the world will that the that the world will end on May 21st, Oakland preacher Harold Camping still stands by his theory and unfolded a new doomsday date, October 21st. I'm only going to read some of his quotes here. Um, so not even a cool date, 10, 21, 11. No. That's that's no. like a weirdo midget's measurements. <laughs> 
the whole you see that in a personals ad and you're just either really creeped out or really turned on but nothing in between it could be both that's sort of in between right the whole world is under judgment day and it will continue right up until october 21st 2011 and by that time the whole world will be destroyed said camping in an open forum Open form is capitalized. I don't understand. Camping, who already has a wrong Judgment Day prediction to his credit with September 1994, said to adopt a wait and watch approach till October. <laughs> he may as well just go, okay, and the world's going to end now. Oh, no, how, no, no, no. How, how about now? Now. How about now? Is this your card? Is this your card? Yeah, is this no, your no. card? On May 21st, this last weekend, this is another quote. This is where the spiritual aspect of it really comes through. God, again, brought judgment onto the world. We didn't see any difference, but God brought judgment to bear upon the whole world. So it happened, but apparently he was like kind of cool with us. And fuck this guy. Maybe, like, because I know that today was like Oprah's last day. Maybe that's what they meant. Maybe. But um, the world's gonna end for daytime TV. <laughs> All right, that's we're gonna get rid of those two. Um, yeah, I think we should do a break. All right, I wanted to do a whole judgment section there, get that out of the way. Um, yeah, but you know what though. It's all the same thing. Religious nut says this. The media goes crazy with it. Crazy fuckers out there. Yeah. Just kind of roll with it. Good. You know, that's sort of like nature's way of weeding out the fucking idiots of the world. You know? And um, then, it's too bad kids had to get hurt. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's that the, the, That's a shame. So. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, how can they give this guy millions of dollars? How can. How can he. I don't hear anything. That's because I wasn't saying anything. Oh, no, I thought you started the break. No, I was just... That was my disappointed in that segment of society sigh. Yeah, well, you know, there's lots of segments of the society that I'm... You know who didn't get in on it, though, that kind of surprises me? Oh. The the Westboro Baptist Church. They were surprisingly quiet through this whole thing. Well, they got their own own stuff. Yeah. You know, I would just let them have this one. You know, they have their whole... I would. I really hope that when that crazy fucking father dies, the the head of the church there, yeah. I really hope the rest of them go, all right, we're just doing this to keep our dad happy. Yeah. So uh, we're done. Sorry. <laughs> we cool? <laughs> all right. Uh, how about a little Guns N' Roses? All right.
Come, I have never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good podcasters or bad. Why we recorded or why we voicemailed. All that matters is Metal Mikey stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Krom. So grant me one request. Grant me action attraction. And if you do not listen, let her hold you. Action Attraction, the action movie review podcast. You can find Action Attraction through MetalMikey.Lipson.com or at www.pennycult.com or by searching for Action Attraction in iTunes. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we have to sacrifice a few hours a week to podcast about whatever you find important, but we think you're crazy asking us to write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each of us is a podcast about other podcasts. A podcast about television. A podcast about films. A podcast about music. A podcast about books. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Podcast Podcast. The Podcast Podcast is your one-stop source for all the podcasts on the internet. Each week we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes so that you can decide if you should check them out or keep on moving. Find us at thepodcastpodcast.com or search for us in the iTunes store by looking for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. All right, Reverend Scott, take us to church. Uh, What can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. (laughs) Uh, Is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity? I'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them. You review all these exploitation, (laughs) horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. (laughs) I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one one star too many. (laughs) Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. That was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much.
So let's see where we're going to go now. Let's see what we got for stories. I I know. Do you want to do the the big the big story? That's where did it go? Which one is that? Um Oh, well Bree posted this on my on my page. This isn't the big story, but I, I want to talk about this. I didn't see this. That's interesting. Parents keep child's gender under wraps. I do too. It's called a diaper. Yeah. Uh, when many couples have a baby, they send out an email to family and friends that fills them in on the key details. Name, gender, birth, weight, that sort of thing. Um, but the email sent recently by Kathy Witterick and David Stocker of Toronto, Canada to announce the birth of their baby, Storm was missing one important piece of information. We decided not to share Storm's sex for now. Because he's up to three prostitutes a night. <laughs> um, a tribute to freedom and the choice in place of, and choice in place of limitation. Oh, God. Fucking hippies. Stand- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, fucking normal name. Let me read okay? it. Okay? And let me read what it. the fuck? Let me- These fucking people. Can I fucking ask? You know what? Can I finish? Fuck Kathy and Dave or whatever the fuck their names are. Fucking douchebags. It is Kathy and Dave. Asshole. Cunt bags. Whatever the fucking goddamn. Oh, what? Because they have kids limited by choices because it's a boy. Fuck. Fuck you. Fucking assholes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Fucking retards. A tribute to free. Well, hold on. Let me. I gotta. I gotta tell you what I wrote. Tribute to choice. Dumb motherfucking fuckers. So Bree posted this, right? And um, my response is, "Fucking hippies." I swear to God, yesterday at 8.34, fucking hippies, how is this supposed to help the child exactly? Yeah. We'll discuss on, the, on this week's I mean, show. Re- I mean, seriously, like, what well, the fuck is going to happen in let preschool? Me, let, me, let me get through a little bit, okay? Uh, a tribute to freedom and choice in place of limitation, a, a stand up to what the world could become in Storm's lifetime. Oh, fuck. Fuck them. So they're not saying whether Storm is a boy or a girl. There's nothing ambiguous about the baby's genitals, but as Stalker puts it, I don't know who Stalker is. is That's it? the last name. That's Dave's last name. Oh, yeah. They don't have the same last name. If you really want to get to know oh, someone. Oh, no. You know what they probably did? The fucking hippies. They probably took each other's names instead. He took her maiden name. She took his oh, maiden Well, we name. don't know. We don't fucking know. Fucking weirdos. Uh, we don't know. Uh, if you really want to get to know someone, you don't ask what's between their legs. No, you can generally tell if it's a boy or a girl. That's why it's Pat is so funny. The fuck is wrong? What the fuck are you going to talk to this child about anyway? I, I don't know. The, the the state of the political climate in Toronto. My God. Uh, so only the parents, their two children, both boys, a close friend, and two, the two midwives who helped deliver the now four-month-old baby knows its gender. Even the grandparents have been left in the dark. Fucking patchouli snorting <laughs> fucking stalkers. I'm sorry. They're just so goddamn fucked up. Stalker and Witterick say the decision gives Storm the freedom to choose who he or she wants to be. No, but you know what, though? But, but it doesn't. What, what, if, what, if, what if, you know... 
Storm is a he genetically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, and decides wants to be a woman, okay? That shit would happen fucking anyways, okay? Quite frankly, quite frankly, the only thing that this kid needs to know, mm-hmm. all right, he's going to get to preschool. He needs to know what fucking bathroom to use. Yeah, and with a name like Storm, there's really only one thing. It, 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 there's only two things this kid could be. A stripper or a weatherman. Exactly. <laughs> right? Or a psych- psychotic fucking superhero. Exactly, yeah. Storm. Um, oh, fuck, that's fucking retarded. Hold, let, let me read some more. Oh, because he was conceived and it was the energy. What we noticed storm is that parents... punch these... The parents make so many choices for their children. It's obnoxious, adds Stalker, a teacher at an alternative school. No shit. (laughs) They say that kids receive messages from society that encourage them to fit into existing boxes, including regard to gender. Whether they have a box or not. (laughs) We thought that if we delayed sharing that information, in this case, hopefully, we might knock off a couple million of those messages by the time that Storm decides... Storm would like to share. What the fuck? You know what? Oh my god. I want to see. Can I just let me just read the thing so this doesn't take a half hour? Fucking. Okay. And then we can then we can complain all we want about it. All right. Uh, or if there's a particularly Idiots. juicy part. In fact, not telling the gender of my precious baby, I'm saying to the world, please can you just let Storm discover for him her, herself what she or he wants to be? But that has nothing to do with gender. Nothing at all. Um how did Stalker and Witterick decide to keep Storm's gender under wraps? During Witterick's pregnancy, her son Jazz was having intense experiences with his own gender. But it's intense because, experiences. That's because everybody around him was calling him Jizz. Yeah. Guaranteed. Jazz. What the fuck is the other one's name? Shoelace? What the <laughs> fuck? Hold on. Maybe it's here. I was feeling like I needed some good parenting skills to support him through that. So did you get new parents for him? Stalker came across a book from 1978 titled X, A Fabulous Child Story by Lewis Gold. X is raised as neither a boy or a girl and grows up to be happy and well-adjusted. It's a fucking book. It's a letter. (sighs) Fucking. It became so compelling, it was almost like, how could we not? And you know that's how she asked it. Oh, my God. The couple's other two children, Jazz... And Kyo, K-I-O, Kyo, killed in ovaries, haven't escaped their parents' unconventional approach to parenting. Though they're only five and two, they're allowed to pick out their own clothes in the boys' and girls' sections of the stores and decide whether to cut their hair or let it grow. What the fuck is that? God damn, they make it seem like, oh, they're so independent, they can, we'll let them, you know, drive. Here, here, Here we go. Here's where it really enters into stupid hippie territory for me. Both boys are unschooled. Something we covered on the show before. Oh, my God. A version of homeschooling, that's using it loosely, which promotes putting a child's curiosity at the center of his or her education. But they're only five and two, so we're talking one's in kindergarten. The Uh. other one is just being a baby, a toddler. Um. As Witterick puts it, it's not something that happens by root by rote 
from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. weekdays in a building with a group of same age people planned, oh, implemented, God. and ass- assessed by someone else. It's not like I. She's a fucking teacher. That's I her just, job. You know what? I feel like I. I mean, I just I pick up my infant son. It's like, okay, Frankie, let's take you and your dick. <laughs> and go outside for a while. Let's and and then we can solve some um, quantum differential mathematics equations. Oh, fuck. Um, because Jazz and Keo wear pink and have long hair, they're frequently assumed to be girls, according to Stalker. He said he and Witterick don't correct people; they leave it to the kids to do it if they want to. So they're not even good parents. It's a parent's job. To stand up for their children. Oh my god! Or just correct somebody. Like, what the? Why is this hard? But why is this some big fucking statement? Snocker and Witterick's choices haven't always made life easy for their kids. Though Jazz likes dressing as a girl, he doesn't seem to want to be mistaken for one. He recently asked his mother to let the leaders of a nature center know that he's a boy, and he chose not to attend a conventional school because the questions about his gender. Asked whether that upsets him, Jazz nodded. And then took his penis out and went to the playground. As for his mother, she's not giving up the crusade against the tyranny of assigned gender roles. Everyone keeps asking us, when will this end, she said, and we always turn the question back. Yeah, when will this end? When will we live in a world where people can make choices to be whoever they are? That's fine. They can be whoever they are, but they can't. Oh, my God. See, now here's the thing. Without getting upset and just spouting obscenities, let's discuss this. There are, in society, attributes to each gender that you either fall into to be part of society but, but, but and you functional. Know what? Here's the thing. As a parent, okay? Yeah. You 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 treat your kid like like your kid, okay? Yeah. It's not like okay, I have pushed coal to play, you know, to play football. Sounds like they they're conducting a social experiment on a human being. Yeah, I but it's stupid. You know what Ripley wants right now more than anything else? What? She wants a Venom t-shirt. Okay, and you know what? The way to not get into gender stereotypes is to just get it for her. Like, no big I fucking deal. I would if they were in stock. Exactly. But but that's the thing. <coughs> but okay? she also likes to wear dresses. Yeah. So, you know, it's encourage not, it's it that not way, a big but deal. Not, like, telling her that she's a girl. The two of them were running around the other day with those little half mask yeah. things. And one of them was Captain America and one was Thor. Okay. That's not a problem. It's no. imagination. It's right. pretend you can be whatever the fuck you exactly. want to be. And let but them to, let them experience their own independence and their own, you know, asserting their own personality, but to personalities not, that not, way. Not prepare them for how the outside world is going to treat yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. You want to live on a fucking commune, go. You know, people are accepting of, of people that change their gender, that, you know... Are like are are, are transgendered or cross dressing or whatever. Oh, fucking you know, idiot. But to have a child that doesn't doesn't understand know. how that doesn't, works doesn't know. You know what? A parent needs to have some kind of like involvement there. Yeah, I mean, if you if you for instance were gonna you know change sex, you know the problems you would face in society when you do it. Of course, I can't pull off high heels. My ankles would No, but you'd love the boobs. Oh, God, I would love that. I'd play with myself every minute. Which is different from now. Uh, Oh, in no way whatsoever. But, I mean, 
if it, <laughs> I have boobs now, there is there is nothing wrong with with a guy wearing a dress or you know liking pink or whatever. But not all society thinks the way that I do or you do or or that. But I think it's an it's it's unfair and it's not equipping the child with with the knowledge the kid will need later exactly. in life. Oh, it's stupid. You know, Are there if, any comments to that article? What do people say? Oh, I think I closed it. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot of the stuff actually mirrored what we said, but uh, some people actually agreed with... Um, oh, that's the sex survey. Um, a lot. Some people agreed with the parents. Now, we've seen before oh. when we were talking about Katie and the whole Star Wars bullying thing that Star Wars is not just for boys, right. and that's something that stupid, thick-headed boys need to get through their head. Oh. I see... I see what they want to do, but they're not doing it, in my opinion, the right way. Because you can't do it. No. I don't see how, how these kids are going to be well-adjusted. These are like the, the more religious homeschooled kids that get out and expect everything to be right. super happy all the time. And somebody fucks them over in a job, and they don't know what to do. Ooh, you can walk all over them. So uh, Playboy did a um, a sex survey. Want to hear some of the results? Sure. <coughs> well, okay. Um, I have a couple of different pages of of results here. Let's start with um, let's start with something that that's more centric to the show, and we'll move from there. Sex and politics. Yes, please. Okay. Liberals versus conservatives. Okay. Um, I'll read through some of the ones and you tell me what you want the percentages for. Uh, has porn on computer? Yes. Liberals 24%, conservatives 15%. I think those numbers are low. Well, uh, you know what, though? Typically, I think Republicans are going to have a little bit more disposable income, so they just, you know, they just get memberships. No, uh, that's true. Uh, has been photographed nude? Yeah, more um, liberals. 36% for the liberals, 20% for conservatives. Has posted an ad while in relationship. Which way do you think that swings? Um, I can see from here that it's Republicans. Yeah, 38 to 24. Because they like pina coladas. Um, has had interracial sex. Yeah. 46% liberals versus 26% conservatives. Uh, has watched sex in a mirror. 34% liberal, 19% Republican. Um, has had sex with a foreigner. Thirty-one uh-huh. percent liberal, nineteen conservative. Uh, has had anal sex. Thirty-nine percent liberal, twenty-one percent conservative. Which is very surprising because given how much the Republicans fuck the rest of us in the ass. Yeah, I guess they don't mean metaphorically. It's only twenty-one percent of us apparently that they're doing it to. Knows full names of all past lovers. <laughs> 64% conservatives, wow. 51 liberals, 51%. Um, let's see. Let's check out some of these other ones. And that was out of 3,300 people. 47% male, 53% female. So eh. um, we'll go to this uh, this chart here with some of the graphics. Um just in general, out of the people surveyed, 59% of women said they have faked an orgasm with a partner. Yeah, so have I. 
46 <laughs> percent of readers uh, from the Midwest have never been tested for AIDS or HIV. It's a test you just can't study for. No, but you can pass it. Yeah. You know how you can you can get tested for AIDS. You can donate blood. Yeah, they'll let you. Know yeah, that's how I know I'm okay. Because uh, you know you donate blood, and if you don't hear anything, you don't hear anything. You're yeah. not waiting for a call to be told everything's cool. And they want their cookie back. Yeah, no kidding. I, but don't touch them. Forty-three uh, percent of women surveyed said they used an online dating service while already in a relationship. Cool. Forty-nine uh, percent of females have been photographed performing a sexual act, while only thirty-two percent of males have. That's they have interesting. Those women's names. Uh, not in this chart. Uh, what's that? Seventy-one. We're we're getting there. Forty-one percent of females have sexually explicit material on their computer. Fifty-nine percent of married readers do too. Forty-five percent of all readers have had sex with more than one person in the course of one day. Cool. Seventy-one percent of females listed sexting as something they've done with a partner. This one's a little smaller here. Hold on. Third, 13% of males never tell their current and or future partners before engaging in sexual activity that they were diagnosed with an STD. I guess that's not a bad number, 13%. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad that number's pretty it's, low. It's lower than I would have guessed. I yeah. would have probably guessed around 25%. 59% of readers age 65 and older would like to have sex more often, but they are 65 and over. <laughs> um <laughs> Seventy percent of married readers and seventy-six percent of single readers would like to have sex more often. Fifty-six uh, percent of males don't know the first and last names of all the people with whom they've had sex. Fifty-two percent of readers aged twenty-five to thirty-four reported having sex with a coworker. Five percent of males admitted to having sex with more than one hundred different people. I don't huh. I don't know if I believe that. 60% of readers have had sexual fantasies about past lovers. Interesting. I can answer yes to a bunch of those. I can answer no to a whole lot yeah. more. So it's interesting. It's a Playboy survey, which I find very interesting. Um let's see. Out of the readers, 13% of females and 49% of males masturbate to porn online. Uh, 45% of males and 8% of females visited a porn site in the past five years. <laughs> what about the past five minutes? Yeah. Uh, 32% of males and 4% of females stored porn on their computer. And 8% of males and 5% of females found the la their last sex partner online. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, they did some interesting stuff with some of the graphics there. Um, had a dude jacking it. Yeah, but it's um a it's, really big hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. How often do you perform oral sex on your partner? Most times, occasionally, never. Not telling. Okay. Oh, every time is nineteen percent for males and eleven for females. Most times twenty-eight and eighteen. Occasionally thirty-one and thirty-eight. Never is seventeen and twenty-six. Not telling is five and seven percent. Oh fuck you! Not telling. Who the fuck cares? I don't know. Assholes. 
All I know is none of those numbers went up over 50%. That's, oh, that's man. Pathetic. I don't want to tell. <laughs> You're taking a sex survey. What's Seriously, the problem? Seriously, who cares? I don't know. Pussy. I think that, well, that might be part of the problem. Here's one for me. Um, <clears throat> I Obviously, I had... Um, yeah, not obviously. I don't know why I would say that. Obviously, to me, I had a, a long-term girlfriend that I found out was cheating on me pretty oh, yeah. regularly, right? So the question is, could you forgive a partner who cheated? Uh, yes is 31%, no is 33 and not sure is 37 That's pretty even. Yeah. Males um, for yes are 39 to 23 for female. Uh, I couldn't. I know that personally because I've been through it. So... Males are only 26% for no, and female are 38% for no. It's interesting, isn't it? It's a lot yeah. lower than I would have expected. It is. But is it, is it, is it, are we talking partner married yeah. or dating? That's, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Does your online profile accurately reflect your current relationship status? Yes, eighty one percent. No, five percent. I do not... I think that the most most of that though is because people know you. <laughs> yeah, fourteen percent say I do not display my relationship status. Oh. So there's your answer. <laughs> um, let me see if there's any other interesting questions here. Should sexual education be taught in public schools? Eighty three percent answered yes. 10% said no, and not sure said seven. So we could realistically say 17% said no. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of interesting that it was um, um, there, there were a lot of questions. So it was, it was, it was kind of comprehensive, but yeah. who knows how. Um, well, that's an interesting question. Hold on. I got to go over here. What's the question? Can vegetarians swallow? Probably not. <laughs> my wife is a vegetarian. She's worried that she might be ingesting meat byproducts when she swallows oh my, my semen. Oh, my God. You f- fucking... Makes me sound like an old man to be yelling fucking hippies, but come on. Can you put her mind at ease? God. For your sake, we'd better. Vegetarians don't eat meat because of concerns for the welfare of animals or because they believe it's healthier. Assure your wife that no living thing suffered in the production of your semen except you waiting for your next orgasm. Are these contains- the people who put re- like like toilet paper in a recycling bin instead of flushing it? Uh, really? Fucking assholes. Semen contains protein, but no meat, eggs, or fish. And it's low fat. Even vegans, who are stricter about the rules, agree that swallowing is not an issue. We found this at eatveg.com. Oral sex is vegan, even though it may involve putting flesh in your mouth, as it shouldn't involve any cruelty or exploitation. Well, unless you're doing it wrong. And said flesh is eventually or very, very right. <laughs> returned to its owner. By the way, many women report that vegetarian semen tastes better. I don't know. If all you eat is Less filling tastes pizza. great. Less filling tastes great. Oh, blah. Oh, man. Fucking goddamn PC. <laughs> Fuck knobs. Yeah. Where are we here for time? What do we got? Holy shit, it's almost time for another break. I know. Wow. 
Wow, we better we better hurry up through some of these. Uh, Rush's Lim, uh, Rush Limbaugh's ratings went down, but we talked about that last week, right? Yeah, dropped thirty three percent since October. Good. Sean Hannity's dropped by twenty eight percent. Um, the company wasn't worried about the ratings dip since they're still the two biggest talk show hosts in America. Keep eating. Um. It's, uh, Scott Brown should be ashamed of himself. Oh, why? Uh, you know what? I'm on his side for this. Scott Brown is, is is a very interesting figure. For every ten things he does that I, I, I does and I don't like, I like one thing. He, what did he, he does. do now? Representative Joe Walsh, uh, Republican from Illinois, took issue with Senator Scott Brown coming out against a contentious plan to reform Medicare introduced by, by Representative Paul Ryan, Republican from Wisconsin during an appearance on Fox Business Network on Monday night. Respectfully, Scott Brown ought to be ashamed of himself, said Walsh on the program, according to The Hill. This is the defining moment of this generation. We have got to be bold. We know these entitlements have to be reformed to be saved. He knows that. Brown expressed opposition to the plan put forth by Ryan earlier in the day in an op-ed published online by Politico. The stance taken by the senator did not, did not correlate with the previous statement he had made about his posture toward the plan. The Newburyport Daily News reported earlier this month on an indication made by Brown that he would vote in favor of the measure to reform Medicare, which basically means getting rid of it. It turns it into a voucher system, but uh. we, we talked about that on a past show. Uh, shortly after the AP reported, the Massachusetts Republican said in a statement that he favors the overall direction Wisconsin um Representative Paul Ryan budgets take toward reducing spending, but Brown declined through a spokesman to say if he backs Ryan's proposed Medicare overhaul or if he would vote for the Ryan budget plan. Walsh said on Monday night that any Republican that doesn't vote for this or doesn't support this is purely being guided by political reasons. Again, with that stupid bullshit. Yeah, it's all bullshit. HuffPost Hill notes that Senator Susan Collins of Maine is another Republican in the upper congressional chamber who is expected to cast a vote against Ryan's plan. And he did vote against it, apparently, from, from what I can tell. I think the vote has taken place. Yeah. Um, and he voted against it. And it's it's little stuff like that where like he does the right thing. Yeah. So he's... He's an okay Republican. Well, in this instance. Well, he he I forget what the other thing he did was, but it was really a surprise and like we actually like praised him a little bit. <laughs> Which we don't normally do. No. And I don't want to like him. But yeah. Uh, he's whatever. He's not totally in the pocket of the party yet. And I don't think coming from Massachusetts you can be. Right. So Good for you, Scott Brown. They're all just watching out for their own asses. Yeah. Um, I like this one. President went to Ireland. Oh, uh, yeah. President Obama and his wife, First Lady Michelle Obama, did today what Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip declined to do last week. Drink a pint of Guinness in Ireland. In fact, Obama today became the first U.S. president in a long time, perhaps ever, to down the symbolic Irish drink, a rite of passage for visitors. Um, And let's see. Let me just go a little bit down here. Um, The president actually killed his pint. He gets my vote, said Christy O'Sullivan. (laughs) Stereotypical Irish person. No, a government clerical worker who is taking a long lunch break to watch live TV coverage. Uh, previous American presidents didn't fare as well as Obama. 
1984, Ronald Reagan rejected the Guinness and instead posed for fo- photographers with a pint of Smithwick's, a locally brewed red ale. He didn't finish it. In 2006, George W. Bush, a recovering alcoholic who drinks non-alcoholic beer, wasn't asked to pose with a pint of Guinness at all. That's okay. I, I you know, recovering alcoholic. Yeah, no, that's cool. That that's fine, and good for him for not, you know, falling off the wagon. I guess. Well, it didn't have a pretty umbrella. No. Uh, many expected more from Bill Clinton, but ended up deeply, deeply disappointed. In 1995, Clinton stopped at a Dublin pub bearing his family's Irish name of Cassidy, but barely sipped his stout. Aides said he didn't want to be photographed drinking anything alcoholic, but the resultant image was hardly an endorsement of the product. Clinton had abandoned his almost full half pint. But uh, <laughs> Obama. Wait, how long until people start saying that Obama's got a drinking problem? Oh, they already did after the beer summit, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. Fucking people. You know what? It's one beer. I, I, I guess I can kind of understand. Clinton had a lot of shit going on around him. So. Um, how about this one, and then we're done uh, for, for for this segment. <laughs> not, not for the show. Ready? Yeah. Sean Duffy is running for Congress in Wisconsin's 7th Congressional District. The Republican Tea Party contract on America specifically states that all Republicans will privatize Social Security and end Medicare. Their agenda has become abundantly clear throughout the Bush era. The Republican Tea Party and Duffy want to pull the rug out from under Grandma and Grandpa by eliminating Social Security and Medicare. Maybe Duffy thinks if seniors weren't so irresponsible, they would have saved for their retirement. If Sean and the Republican Tea Party have their way, Grandpa will have to shovel sidewalks and mow lawns for enough money to pay for food and prescriptions. If they weren't so busy eating all those donuts and bacon, they wouldn't need health care. Right, John? He'll turn the guaranteed retirement benefits of America's seniors over to the banksters on Wall Street by putting our Social Security at risk in the stock market. Sean Duffy irresponsibly failed to report $17,000 he spent for local TV ads in his latest campaign spending report. Is that how he'll take care of your Social Security and Medicare? With sloppy bookkeeping? Sean Duffy wants to end Medicare's guaranteed benefits for more than 40 million American seniors and replace it with a voucher system. The Republican Tea Party made damn sure the top 1% got their financial security. Duffy will walk lockstep with all Republicans to repeal Medicare and Social Security. Wisconsin seniors, once you learn about the choice you'll face in November, you'll choose what's best for you and your family over the extreme far right-wing agenda of Sean Duffy. I've fallen... And I can't get up. Shame on you, Sean Duffy. Wow, that's awesome. You know, this is this is the this is the issue that the Democrats can can rally around and and make a like a like a tent pole. Yeah, because uh, uh, New York's uh, I think it's the twenty sixth. It's been. Um, Republican held. No, it already happened, didn't it? 26th? No, no, the district uh, or whatever it is. Um, it's been held for, uh, I want to say, 80 years. It's been Republican. And the Republican lost it wow. because they backed Ryan's plan. They're blaming it on a on a uh, Democrat-planted Tea Party candidate. Oh, God. It's, just, it's all bullshit. So, Nothing ever changes, yeah. fuckers. So, uh, Meanwhile, we have kids walking around who don't know what the fuck that is 
down between their legs. <laughs> no, they know. They just can't tell anybody. Put my keys there. Loose change. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Well, it depends. If you're a boy, you can put your keys down there. Yeah. If you're a girl, it's loose change. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I don't I was, know which. Just helping everybody out. Mostly bills, no coins. Color catalog and bonus gift certificate <laughs> by bill? return mail right away. <laughs> oh. It seems like all Hollywood can do is make mindless drivel that rots kids' brains. Who wants to see a movie like what my dad watched when he was a kid? Those films are so boring and the special effects are horrible. The movies he grew up with are sometimes a big surprise. I at times feel uncomfortable watching movies I loved when I was younger with my own kids because I forgot how much cursing, sex, and violence they showed back then. All we want to do is watch a fun movie that we all like. That's why we created Family Movie Night. A podcast where we review movies from an adult perspective. And from a kid's perspective. So you can find movies for your whole family to enjoy. We review new movies. Old childhood favorites. Cult and foreign films. And Godzilla. So check out Family Movie Night on the web at fmnpodcast.com or find us on iTunes. Bye! find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. to the trash. Hey fans, it's Ken Forey. Just want to tell you about Mail Order Zombie. Great company. They review zombie films, any zombie film, every zombie film, and it's uh, something you should tune into. So if you get a chance, go to the website, look these guys up, Mel Zombie, and find out what the hot zombie films are today. What's going on? These guys are right on the the cutting edge of of reviewing zombie movies, and if you're a zombie, or you want to be a zombie, or you're thinking about being a zombie, or your mom's a zombie, your dad's a zombie, your damn mother-in-law's a zombie... 
tune in to Melora Zombie, baby. You'll find out what's going on. Ken Forey, and that's out. So that was a little bit of living color there. Uh, we'll stop playing words with friends. And, uh, Just play Scrabble. Yeah, I already paid for that one. So, <laughs> um, so we're gonna save some stories for next week because Frank is. Fading I, am, I don't fast. know what it is. Maybe I'm coming down with something. Cole was throwing up last night. Maybe here's some of the ones that we have. Um, it's a. a scathing critique of the local theater chain that we may or may not have worked with. Um, An X-Wing soapbox derby car. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool looking. Yep. Uh, A church that offers a supernatural course that can cure cancer. Nice. Uh, Appeal to trace tiger toy after police alert, and that was um, in in, in Hampshire, not New Hampshire. Hampshire. A blood test will measure how long you will live. And science cures cancer, but no one notices. And I thought I had a couple other ones here. Uh, how Twitter reacted to the rapture. We don't need to do that. Oh, fuck. What? You sure you don't have time? Can you hang in there for one more stupid fucking thing? Near-death experiences. Okay. Going to heaven and coming back. Oh, Many claimed they died, went to a world beyond, and came back to tell the tale. Did they? Does it even matter? No. What can we learn about these so-called near-death experiences? This There's is on our local news station. Allie Donnelly joins us now with the story, and you've been looking into this. Allie, <laughs> Allie I've been waiting for this now, story all day. Can't wait. Here, here's here's my idea of what happened. Cable news. Your well, this is this is NECN. This was on a Sunday, though. New England cable news. Yeah. Um, what I believe is is, and I always used to believe is, um, as your brain's dying. It kind of fires everything at once. Yeah. So all your memories and everything, your exactly. imagination, it all works together. And you see pets and places. And right. Ellen raised a very interesting question. She said, so do uh, Hindus get a flash of heaven? <laughs> like that is brilliant. I don't know. Maybe they get a flash of... Um, Life through a cat's eyes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of interesting that only the people that believe it see it. Yeah, exactly. Crazy So let's, let's go on a little bit here. It's fascinating what some of these people say. I see it. Well, you're not planning on going beyond. No, 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 no. Right. Years or not. <laughs> well, you know, when people talk about near-death experiences, the conversations almost always end up being debates about religion 
or philosophy. But what could be a groundbreaking study, doctors around the world are studying folks who say they came back from the dead to figure out why in very medical terms they were alive and others <laughs> That's why they come back from the dead. Thousands have come to the book signings. It hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Heaven is for real, inspired by this Nebraska boy who says he came back from the dead after being lost on the operating table. First, I was scared when okay, I the was in the hospital. Fucking thirteen-year-old! Oh my! Come on! Jesus' arms, I felt safe. Colton Burpo says he went to heaven, met Jesus, John the Baptist, his great grandfather. They had a burger. It was awesome. I believe we discussed this boy in his book and found that his father was a preacher. Oh yeah. So, hmm. But he felt safe in Jesus' arms. Yeah, Kel Surprise. Not alone. Brainwashed. Don't you spout that filth on my show? Sense of peace, <laughs> the peace and the calm and the and the pain. No, so no pain. Take the trash out Two anymore. years ago, school bus driver Laura Garrity was on her final run of the morning to Newton South High School when the 46-year-old Massachusetts woman suffered a massive heart attack. School staffers came running with an automatic defibrillator. Last words that I heard was a female saying, "We're cutting, I'm cutting her clothes off." Those were the last words Garrity heard, but she saw and felt much more. Basically, things they got dark, but I uh, I floated straight up, and uh, I seen myself, my body. I. You know, at the first time that I was affected by smoking pot, I felt like I was floating oh, up. God, it's awesome. Like no, I seriously like grabbed the chair I was in because yeah. I felt like I was floating away. <laughs> It's a trick of the mind. It's, yeah. a, it's a hallucination exactly. because I had pot in my brain and not oxygen. Right. <laughs> so your brain starved for oxygen. It kept oxygen. on going and there's this like, bright light. It's like lightning. Garrity says she went to heaven, saw her mother, her ex-husband. The colors vivid. She felt light and lifted. Then I reached Heaven's my hand out to my ex-husband to take it and he wouldn't take it. It was... It was as if he was saying, it's not your time. Or maybe it was him saying, fuck, fuck you. you. You're my ex-wife. I don't like you. Don't turn heaven into hell. Maybe her subconscious knows that he doesn't like her. Or and she wants him back. And he won't take her. Mm-hmm. That's that's all. It's, it's a dream state. And then he left. He floated away. Back on Earth, Garrity was rushed to Newton Wellesley Hospital. She had no pulse, no blood pressure. She wasn't breathing on her own. Her heart had already been shocked 18 times, and still, she was flatlined. But something told Dr. Bill O'Callaghan not to stop. I actually said out loud... The Hippocratic Oath. Well, yeah, just keep trying. It's his job. ...in the room that I'm going to shock her three more times, and, and we're going to have to stop... And um, she came back on the very third one, if you can believe that. Yeah, I can believe that. Garrity was clinically dead. It's kind of like the, that whole thing of, um, well, what you lost, like if you lose your keys, well, it'll be in the last place you look. Exactly. Because you fucking stop looking after yeah. that. Seven minutes. Fifty-seven minutes. She's one of a growing number of people who claim they came back from the dead experiencing similar things. Floating above their bodies, seeing the bright lights. Because you know what it is? This is like what we hear. This is what we hear is the experience. That's why all aliens look like greys. Exactly. Because the greys are real. No. No, but that is, that's what you're taught. Exactly. It's like a 
group subconscious kind of thing. Yep. I don't know what these dots are. Commercials. Chapters. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see when we get to one. By science. They want to think they went to heaven, came back, they saw their They're fucking crazy. Uh, let them think that. That's fine. It's harmless, isn't it? No. Dr. Martin Samuels of Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital believes a near-death experience is actually the result of a dying brain starved for oxygen. And when brain cells malfunction, they can re-rack through your memories or even no your shit. beliefs about the afterlife like a videotape gone haywire. All those are sort of hallucinatory. Hey, so me, an idiot projectionist with a microphone, just yeah. took care of how many years and millions of dollars worth of research? Great. All done. Thank Next you. Topic. I want my grant. I was flatline gone. Okay. And if it's all in my brain, how'd I come back? Science. Answers could soon come. Five U.S. Luck. medical centers have joined an international yeah. project to study the mystery of near-death experiences. Death can no longer be considered a moment. It's really a process. And it begins when the heart stops, but it's I reversible. Like this guy. And it's fully reversible for up to the first hour or two. Dr. Samparnia is an ICU doctor so and researcher. So you're not really Stony dead. You're just mostly dead. Mostly dead, yeah. He founded the Aware need some chocolate. Trying to figure exactly. out what happens to a person's well, mind and consciousness After the chocolate just makes it go down die. easier. And to try that and improve true. methods of resuscitation, bringing back people from the dead safely. We always thought it was impossible to go into space. But then suddenly we went there and we're like, oh my God, this is new. We don't know what we're doing. In one experiment, hmm? researchers suspend images from hospital ceilings face up so that only someone from above could look down and see them. That is That's not... because 10% of people who clinically die report looking down on doctors and nurses trying to save their lives. That's not the first time I've heard of that. I watched a, another thing, I want to say in the late 80s, early 90s, and they studied the hospital for a year and no one knew it was like a picture of an elephant holding an umbrella or something like that. No one could describe it. Surprise. Fully aware of what's going on. When, after someone has gone through death, do you lose your mind and consciousness? Is it immediately as soon as someone dies or the heart stops? Is it a few seconds later, tens of minutes, hours later? We simply don't know. I was shocked 21 times. If you stopped at shock 3 through 20, I would have gone into a body bag. When is dead? When do we stop CPR? Parnia doesn't want that to be up to whatever doctor happens so to be. So the bus driver is a philosopher now? They make mistakes. They may be tired or distracted, even biased. He wants to establish very clear, federally regulated standards of care for when someone clinically dies. How should clinicians best monitor whether or not CPR is working? Should there be a minimum or maximum of defibrillator shocks? But isn't that what a case-by-case case thing? procedures need to be yeah, followed exactly. before that call is made? Before dead is really dead. Oh, we can God. double our survival and make sure that almost nobody has significant brain damage if we implement systems of care. Systems Garrity doesn't know much about. She just knows what she claims happened to her and what could have happened. I'm not out to change the world. This was my experience. I, I share it. People are always going to judge other people. And the way that I kind of look at it, I've been judged by the best. And the Dutch. The best, she says, How it, from above. How? The results of the AWARE study should be ready within about a year, and Dr. Parnia's hope is that steps taken will translate into lives saved. 
You know, you bring up a lot of interesting issues. When is dead, as she uh, stated. And, and that line has changed a little bit, sure. I think, with the recent evolution in how CPR is applied for how long in the technique. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because the American Heart Association just came out with an alert um, to first responders telling them to focus on quick, hard, fast ch uh, chest compressions, and many are keeping them up. There's a documented case out of Arizona where first responders kept up CPR for 96 minutes, and the man went on to survive and suffer no brain damage. So it's incredible. No, but all his ribs were broken. Right. CPR his back. Uh, produces and does, uh, you know, put enough oxygen into the body for a long period of time in many people. It depends on the person. Though. Exactly. And technique, and how do you monitor well, it? this guy's and, been on, know, is it on being monitored from and, hospital, and hospital, doctor, for like, doctor, Florida, yeah. So it's just Ever. also yeah. kind of nuanced. And, and it's just so strange I when you think about the fact that there's no name. standardized mm. uh, right. prescription here for people. You would think after all this time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in 60 <laughs> years, cardiac survival rates uh, from cardiac arrest haven't changed all that much. Well, that's interesting because then it would be like, okay, they're dead. They're nearly dead. They're truly most sincerely dead. It's going to be lots of different classifications. So that's interesting. That um, I, I I honestly believe that little kid is full of shit because he's wearing oh, a yeah, bracelet totally with the title of his book. Fucking, and I'm supposed to believe that head, the the eight year old all... wrote a book too. Yeah, I mean, come on, Aragon was barely readable, and that kid was 18 <laughs> years old or whatever. <sighs> uh, I just had to that one I watched. Yeah, no, I and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Near-death experience. Hmm. All right. So, um, I got a voicemail here. Want to do that? Sure. I think this is new. I don't think I played it last week, but I wanted to make double sure. So, Hi, it's Demise. Um, loving the show, as always. You guys are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to share something week. with you. I actually ha uh, saw it on Facebook, and then I sh had to so. tweet it to well, John we'll Stewart, anyway, and I'll probably start emailing him. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, we did. Okay. And I think you guys are going to love it. All right, sorry. I just want to make yeah, sure we that we... Yeah, we played it last week. Okay, so it was the pet sitting thing. I wonder if people are going to mm -hmm. um, request their money back um, from the whole... Yeah. Um, what's it called? Rapture pet yeah. service thing. I'd be like, fuck you. Okay, so that got cut off. Um, so you, you think they put a rider in on the thing that said, um, you know, if the rapture doesn't happen, you're out of luck? Yeah. They they would have to, wouldn't they? Be interesting. Um, I just have to call up the email here to read this one part. Um, come on. Um, okay, it says, hey, guys. So I plan on taking it easy this week. Do a few quick ideas for the segment and leave it remotely short. I only ended up with a four-minute segment. <laughs> But, man, I spent way more time editing than I planned. Uh-oh. The editing process ended up being an extremely long, hard, thick, and girthy processed process that I just wasn't prepared for. And if for some reason you want anything off this to be isolated or separated, let me know. Uh, peace and love, Reverend Scott. P.S. There once was a man from Matras who had balls made of fine... Oh, matras, I guess. Made of fine brass. When came stormy weather, they both clanged together, and sparks flew out of his arse. That's 
credited to the leprechaun. So, let's turn this back up. All right, let's hear it. And uh, <clears throat> let's do this. And then yeah. there was one. There was this one guy behind this older woman, and the older woman came in and she said, "One for the beaver, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go." <laughs> And I laughed my head off, and she was so not amused. Oh. <laughs> this is U.S. News at 10 with your host, John Simmons. Hello, I'm John Simmons. Here's our U.S. News top story. On May 9th, Arnold Schwarzenegger announced his separation with longtime wife, Maria Shriver. Roughly a week later, on the sixth day, it was revealed that Arnold had been hiding a secret for more than a decade. Arnold Schwarzenegger, like a predator in his own household, has admitted his true lies in affair with his longtime housekeeper. This affair resulted in a love child born out of wedlock he could no longer keep erased from the media. Although his current children may not be holding a grudge against Junior, it is likely they are just happy it wasn't twins. Most media coverage has focused on how Arnold may have terminated his 25-year marriage, but it's his four children that may be the collateral damage. While we might have seen the end of days for his political career, it is still unclear if Arnold's movie career is expendable, resulting in the last action for this past hero. Nice. For now, Arnold has been silent on Twitter and is unknown if he is going to show the personal character of a commando or (laughs) flee his family like a running man, taking a rumored trip around the world in 80 days' time. While it's Arnold's mistress that may be singing jingle all the way to the court for child support, it's Maria and her children who have truly gotten the raw deal. (laughs) U.S. News at 10, I'm John Simmons. Excellent. Hey there, Chris and Frank. <laughs> this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was framed. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> we all know that's a lie. This is actually Reverend Scott, not Arnold. But seriously, do you really think a superstar like Arnold Schwarzenegger would really do an ugly chick? I mean, just because this 13-year-old claimed bastard son can squat 365 doesn't mean squat to me. I think she just made it all up for the money, and Arnold should have her arrested. When the fuck is that bitch going to jail? Because I think if that troll had actually made advances on Arnold, he would have just said, Fuck you, gone. You tell him, Arnold. So last week, I hooked you guys up with a new Are You Serious promo. Sounded like it was something you liked, which is awesome. It's probably a good thing you liked it last week, because had I made it this week, the promo would have been a lot different. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Boner. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. <laughs> Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. And you tell me, when is the beaver opening? George Foster's <laughs> beaver? You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. He just strapped it on. Pretty impressive. Dildo. And I just <laughs> slid the thing in. No lubricant. No extra help. Uh, Turn it on and it worked. I was like squirming a little bit, but <laughs> I didn't move. Thank God it wasn't monster cock. My arm just wanted to tweak and start. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. How do I get this to happen when I'm masturbating? How do I do that? Awesome. <laughs> I've never gone so fast. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. The frothy mix of lube and fecal matter that is sometimes a byproduct of anal sex. Oh, I just wanted some ointment for my mouth. <laughs> are you serious podcast on iTunes or are you serious podcast.com. 
You know, I do like the first one better. However, this one has some good information about you guys that's good to know and totally true. Right. Peace and love, guys. Ah, uh, you fucker. <laughs> You're an asshole. Yep. That was awesome. Oh, shit. I forget some of the stuff we say. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, I just remembered funny. the whole sex survey thing that we just did. Yeah. It's almost like I'm spoon feeding him the shit. I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> spoon feeding him the shit. Did you get that nice and clearly there, Rev? Good. Spoon feeding him the shit. Oh, man. Yeah. Are you serious? Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> What's the phone number? It's 206-338-3094. Very nice. Woo. So if anybody has any news stories or anything they want to share, you can just email it right to that link. Um, and and I apologize as long as, for my lackluster performance tonight, folks. I am that's what fucking she said. tired. So as long as Frank's not incredibly tired, I'm not trying to kill people on the road with my car, or neither of us is sick, we'll sh- we should have a normal length show next week. Yeah. That's what she said. Have a nice Memorial Day weekend, everybody. I will leave you with a little bit of the Young Turks talking about Republicans. Funny. Bye. Bye. Devastating tornadoes throughout the country. We had one in Alabama. Oh, in fact, we had two in Alabama. We just had a disastrous one in Joplin, Missouri. It killed, it was actually the worst tornado in the last 60 years. It killed 122 people. Overall, according to the Wall Street Journal, and that was before today when the estimates got actually, unfortunately, increased, 480 people have died in these storms since 2011 began. These are historic, unbelievable storms. Guess what happened? Today, another tornado in Oklahoma. They are happening over and over again. Before, in the last decade, do you know how many EF5s there were? EF5 is the most severe tornado. Zero. You know how many in this decade so far? And this decade, by the way, is about a year, a little over a year, depending on how you're counting. Three already. Unprecedented. And I'm not counting the one today from Oklahoma because we don't know what level it was in Oklahoma yet. We, so we have all these deaths. We have all this destruction. What is the Republican answer? Eric Cantor says, uh, well, we can't assign any extra relief money over there uh, unless you cut spending elsewhere. No, we're going to hold them hostage. Our demands, if our demands are not met, if you don't cut, for example, some of the things that the Republicans are trying to cut right now, uh, assistance to low-income women and children, food stamps, if you don't cut money from those people, from people who are hurting in other places, if you don't cut money from the middle class, we will not give relief and aid to the people who have suffered these tornadoes. Do you think they're there to help you? Look at these states. Alabama, as red as it gets. Oklahoma, as red as it gets. Missouri, 
largely red, sometimes purple. Do you think they care about you? They're not going to come to help you. No, they're going to say, no, if I'm going to help anybody at all, I need to hurt somebody else. And look, if we were really out of money, and they said, look, we don't have a choice. We're just totally, totally out of money. Well, I'd love to help those people, but I don't have a single dollar to my name. Okay, I hear you. But that is not the case. Because what are they doing? They're cutting taxes on the rich as we speak. And right now, taxes are at a historically low rate in America. Historically low. So will they raise taxes by a dollar on the richest people in the country? On the millionaires? Hell no. In fact, they just cut taxes on them again, and they'll do it again. The Republicans say that is their top priority. Paul Ryan just announced his plan. What does it do? It cuts the top rate from 35% to 25% for those gigantic tax cuts to the millionaires. Sorry, we're out of money when you're, hey, you get hit by a worse tornado in 60 years. Too bad. Over Republicans from your home state? Too bad. Who cares? We, we don't have the money for you. You're the middle class. Nobody cares about you. No, the Republicans have to hoard all the money to their rich donors. So you get nothing. You get hold, held hostage, even in the wake of these terrible storms. And they get more extreme every single day, these Republicans. Do you know that Tom DeLay, Tom DeLay, who was maniacally right-wing, even he wouldn't say, hey, you know what, in times of emergency relief like this, we should hold back the money until we get spending cuts. He said, no, we should do it without the spending cuts because it's a situation that needs to be relieved right now, not later, okay? These guys are massively to the right of Tom DeLay. They get more radical, more extreme every single day. You are nuts if you vote for a Republican. And then your house gets blown away and you're looking for help and the Republicans spit in your eye. They go, sorry, I had to give another tax cut to a millionaire. <laughs> this is what you get. You keep voting Republicans, see how it turns out for you. End of line.